There's a few of us away, eh? What happened to everyone? I thought everyone went away last week. Has everyone gone on a two-week holiday pre-Christmas, right? <laughs> well, thanks. thank you for showing up today. It's really nice to see you guys. Um, Mark will tell you a little bit later, but we're hoping, we're so hoping that the bonfire is going to go ahead tonight. So if everyone this afternoon can just pray that there is no rain, that the wind dies down. Because I was, I don't know about you guys, I was real disappointed we had to can it last time and I really, really hope we can all hang out tonight. It'd be awesome. Who's planning on coming? Oh, a few of us. Yep. Ruben's um, sorting out going eeling. We are, has anyone had eel before? Smoked eel? Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, I've, looked, I've never had it before. I'm really looking forward to it. So if you want to try something new tonight, it's like hopefully that will be, hopefully that will be on the board. But um, yeah, it's, it's just really awesome to see you guys. Like Sundays are cool, eh? We all go do our thing throughout the week and it's nice to be able to come and, um, and hang out together eh, and see each other and catch up. And um, as I was thinking and just kind of praying and, and preparing a little for what I was going to share this Sunday, and um, who was watching like those crazy storms that rolled in on like Monday and Wednesday? Right, was anyone like outside or at a window where like you could actually just watch it coming up from the south and on one side you've got these like you know, this blue sky, sun, and then you just see this like, man, it just blows me away, eh? Just like the the power of it and the, just the inc- God's incredible creation. And um, on Monday I was driving down Colombo Street and I was watching on one side there's this blue sky and then on the other side all the buildings were just like super, super bright because obviously the sun was reflecting off them, but behind them was just this dark, gloomy, grey, thunderous backdrop on the midst of it and just watching and being like, wow, this is crazy. And they get to the car and it's like hailing, so I'm like running into the shops. And then by the time we come out, it's like sunny and the only recognition that there's been some sort of thunderstorm is that suddenly it's all like wet but with blue sky and it's like, man, this is crazy. And then Wednesday, we're standing in the office and I was... um, was just watching it come over the Port Hills and just starting to see it roll in across the city. And, and as I was there and um, just looking at it and just continuing to kind of pray and just, I was reminded of this story in Elijah in 1 Kings 18. And you might know it, so I thought we could just um, read along if you don't as well. So, and Elijah said to Ahab, Go and eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. He went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servants reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose and heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Doesn't it sound like kind of the the thunderstorms that we had this week and just like seeing these like rising clouds? And so I think it's, it's good to understand in the midst of that what was happening. So you have got... Um, Israel, which is just after King David, has been passed from king to king to king, and whose heart has been torn by power and greed, and as turned and is worshipping other gods, and is 
you know, you've got all their many wives and different gods and all these things that are going on. And in the midst of it, they're losing heart of then losing, missing the point of what God is doing, the promises and the plans and the purposes that he has for this nation. And king after king after king just slowly turns away from what God is doing. But God is still outworking his plans and his promises in this nation, right? He still has a plan for all of humanity that in the midst of this, he is working out. And you see these kings that slowly their hearts become more hardened, um, more worshipful of other idols, of other gods. they less and less concerned for the people, less concerned for the things in the heart of God and what, what are the things that are important to God. And in the midst of it, God starts to raise up these prophets. And they're not wizards or conjurers or anything like that, but they're there to be ones who will speak God's voice into these situations, calling the people back to the things that that God has set before them, calling them back to the things that are going to bring them life, calling them back to the things that are important. And Ahab, um, he had married Jezebel, and he was, he was really kind of the, one of the worst in the midst of this. And if you read this like tension of relationship between King Ahab and, and Elijah and these things and this, this constant battle going on, King Ahab has, has been put in this position by God. Like he, is, he has his influence over these people, but his heart is continuously turned to these other things. And so God brings Elijah along, and he is just speaking to him and these signs and these different wonders and going, God is on the move. And this story comes just after the priests of Baal have come down, and um, Elijah has, has challenged them to this. I mean, how crazy would it have been to have stood there? Like, this is, man, not even Netflix could come close to this kind of stuff. Eh? You know, he challenges them and goes, cool, you build an altar and see if Baal could bring down the cool down fire. And then he creates, you know, his one and goes, come on, boys, what have you got? And he taunts them for the day, being like, is your God asleep? Is he on holiday? Where is he, your mighty Baal? You know? And then he goes and throws water over his own one and it creates a moat. You know, just to really kind of add flame to the fire. For, but he's, he's like in the midst of this and going, it's a huge public display of God is real. God is active. That which you have bowed down to, that which you have seen, that which you have allowed to rule and reign over your country and your heart and your kingdom. These things are not real. Look at the power of God clearly demonstrated before you. And so he's calling the people back. And then in the midst of it, we have this story where there has been a drought that Elijah has, has proclaimed over the land from years before. And God tells him that the rain is coming, that the drought is breaking. And he goes, and he bows down, and he is praying to God. And then he says to a servant, go and check. And the guy comes back and he's like, zip nada. <laughs> he goes, go and check again. Still nothing. <laughs> go and check again. Blue skies, sir. <laughs> Still blue skies over the Mediterranean. Go and check again. <sighs> nope. <laughs> Still nothing. <laughs> go and check again. Nope. Still nothing. Go and check again. Nope. 
still nothing. Go and check again. There's a cloud the size of a man's hand rising on the horizon. And Elijah goes, that's it. Go and tell the king that the rain is coming, that the drought is broken. And as I was just thinking on that, it was just reminded me of the scripture in Hebrews. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, Elijah knew that God had a plan and a purpose and a promise. He was just waiting to see it outworked. And he was continuing to look with faith to where God was going to work and where God was going to move. And this morning, I want us to take a couple of minutes to think about what does it look like to have clouds, to have lives that watch the clouds. Who loves just like lying on the grass on a summer afternoon and going, that one looks like a dog, that one looks like a weird-shaped duck, that one looks like some sort of dragon. Oh, look, there's a whale. And then your mate's like, oh, look, there's a trapeze artist. You're like, no, I don't see that. But then, but going, what does it mean for us to stop and look out from all the things that are vying for our attention and look to what God is doing on the horizon? to have hearts that know what our God is doing. We're simply waiting for the sign and the indication that the time is now and that that it is happening, that it is coming. What does it look like to continually lift our eyes off whatever is in front of us and look to what God is doing on the horizon? To not just see what is in front of us, but again and again and again, And again, watching for the clouds and an indication of what God is doing. Because there are lots of things that will try and attract and hold our gaze and keep our eyes off what we are looking to in faith. See, many things will tell us that they're really important. And I think even in this particular time of year as we go into Christmas, like how many ads and billboards and posters and flyers and over everything saying, you need to get this. This would be a great present for this person. This is how you should be spending your time. This is what you should be spending your money on. This is what you should be buying. This is what your Christmas should look like. This is what you should be doing right now. This is what you should be eating. This is what you should be wearing. This is how you should brush your teeth. This is what your car should look like. This is how your relationships with people should look like. How much of that stuff is just bombarding our worlds at the moment and in the next month it is just going to like ramp up next level right but what does it look like in the midst of all of that for us to stop for a moment lift our eyes off what is in front of us of everything that is vying for our attention right now every screen every poster every billboard every person, and for a moment, stop and look to the horizon and to look for a little cloud and to have hearts that go, God, what are you doing in this moment? God, what are you up to next? God, what is coming? And God, what is it that you're asking of me to do to partner with this? See, 
when I was kind of thinking on this, I, many of you will know that we have our Christmas production coming up, if I can grab the invitation. I thought, you can take this and you can apply it to so many different parts of your world. I don't know what it is that God's speaking to you at the moment or what it is that you're believing for or what it is on the horizon, but I know that even as a church, this is just one thing, one thing in the midst of it. That What would it look like for us to stop and just take a moment and look up and look at the clouds and go, God, where are you working? And what do you want me to do in the midst of it? And in a really, really practical way, going, we have got the, the second annual Royal Variety Christmas. And Dave wondered how, like, on how many people the joke would be lost that it's the second annual one, but hopefully you guys will get that. Um, but to go, this is an amazing opportunity to be able to invite someone along to church for the first time, maybe someone who's never been to church, um, you know, whoever in your world. And to go, what would it mean to stop and to go, God, where are you working? Like, whose life are you working in? Whose heart? What house on my street? You know, where is it that I, could, that I could invite someone to come along? Just a really little part that I could play in the bigger plan of what God is doing. So there are so many things that I think God will speak to us. I think there's so many things that God is doing and God wants to say that it's just one little kind of practical thing that we can take away from this and do in the midst of it. But what does it mean to just take that moment and to look up and to look to the horizon and go, God, what is it that you're doing? To look with a sense of faith, with a confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. Because when we see God moving and it's him that calls us, he will then equip us for what he's called us to. So then the, little, the next part, which I think is a little bit humorous, but pretty amazing within itself as well, is that then Elijah, um, oh, I'm not going to click through my notes. Man, we're having a great day with technology today. Here we go. Yep. That then in the midst of it, Elijah then the, says the, in 1 Kings 18 verse 46, so just after they've seen the cloud, and he sent his servant down to say, go tell, go tell Ahab that he needs to, he needs to go because the storm's coming. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking in his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Like, this dude who has just had this crazy day of, like, calling down Baal, like, he outruns a king on his chariot, right? And, like, I don't know how old he was right now, but... I'm guessing he's not like, you know, no spring chicken. And even for like, you know, Usain Bolt, like he's only holding that thing for 10 seconds, right? Like this is like supernaturally, this old dude hitches up his stuff, tucks it in and just takes off. Does anyone else have this image of like Ahab on his chariot going like, all of a sudden like Elijah's like running down, passes him and he's off and he's like, what the? <laughs> is that Elijah? And he beats him there. It's like, this is crazy. But you know what? This was just another sign. This was kind of the final sign, the sign that God was giving Ahab to say, look what I am doing. Here is your chance to partner with me. Here is your chance to work and move. 
And I think that we can take from that, that when God called us, when God is on the move, that he will equip us for that which he has called us to. And we need to allow a little bit of confidence, a little bit of courage to rise in our hearts that God is calling every single one of us to be a part of what he's doing. We're each going to have different tasks. We're each going to have different roles. It's going to look different for everybody. But everybody has a part that they can play in this when we see that God is on the move. See, I was thinking about it this way. God is working and God is moving. And we have seen that in the person of Jesus. And he has entrusted every single one of us that know Jesus with something incredibly special. He's given all of us a gift. If you are in this room and you know Jesus, God has given a gift to you. He has entrusted something to you. The the message of good news, the gift of the gospel has been entrusted to you. And if if you don't know Jesus, then I encourage you that there is a gift that God has got for you. There is something that he wants to show you, things that he wants to spend the rest of your life revealing to you about his goodness, his faithfulness, his plans, and his purposes for your life. But if you know Jesus and you have received that gift, that in the midst of it, in the midst of our gift, God has placed something within us which we can then give to others. It's in every gift. We've all got it. Everyone who's got Jesus then has something to give to somebody else. It's not just for those that are studied or learned or have it all together or know all the scriptures. If you know Jesus... God has given you the supernatural gift to then be able to pass out to others. Matthew 10 verse 7 says, As you go, proclaim the message. The kingdom of heaven has come now. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give been given something really special. It just doesn't seem right that we hold it to ourselves. And this Christmas, I just wonder, who is it that God has got that you can pass a gift on to? Who is it? He's already working. He's already moving. He's already doing something in their lives. And you might not know the full story yet, but maybe he's calling you to be part of the puzzle. Just one person, maybe two, to go who this year with this incredible gift that we've been given at Christmas time. Can we then pass on to someone else as well? What does it mean for us to look to the heavens and hold on to hope? We have been given an incredible an incredible gift of hope that I think sometimes we forget and we lose in the midst of it when everything else is vying for our attention. We forget. We forget what has been entrusted to us. 
that it is something remarkable. It's an incredible hope that no matter what, God is in control. Jesus is on the throne. And God is working and moving in the midst. That we, as we sing about the victory is his, the battle is his. We are on the winning side. God is good. God is faithful. God loves people. God is calling sons and daughters back into relationship with him. Now there is nothing, nothing that can separate them from his love. It's just an opportunity to know about it and hear about it. And if we continue to look to the clouds, I hope that something in our hearts goes that this is bigger than any single one of us, that we are invited to be part of something that is so much bigger than ourselves. In Revelation 1, it says, verse 7, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. See, church, there is a bigger story. It is bigger than our lifetimes. We are like, we are a little snippet in God's big story. But we get to hold on to our hope, and I don't know how it's going to work, so don't ask me the details, because I'm like, I don't know how Jesus comes back on the clouds. Maybe ask Chris, he might know. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, how often has God given these, like, he's given us these messages of hope, and it's the people of God that have gone, oh man, I don't know how that's going to work, but man, when he does it, flip, it's cool. Like, when a saviour gets born in a stable in a manger and, and you see all of these things start to tie together and we, can, we get the hindsight of like looking at that stuff now and going, oh, that's how he worked it out. But this is our moment in history. This is the part where we get to look to and go, I don't know how it's going to work, but flip, it's going to be good. <laughs> that this was written in a time, it was given as a message of encouragement to the church when it was under intense persecution, when people were laying down their lives for this gospel. And God was reminding them that in the midst of this, this is not over. This is not the end. That there is no fear for us in death anymore. We have a confidence in those things because Jesus has overcome that. And one day, one day he is going to come and we are going to see him in all his glory. That is the hope that we hold on to and we will spend eternity with him in those places. That is the invitation that God has given us. That there is nothing in this world. There is nothing that happens in your day-to-day life and your week and your family and your relationships and your home that can take that away from you. There is nothing that you have done There is n- that can stop you from having this relationship with God and being able to see that for yourself one day. Isn't that incredible hope, church? We get to hold on to these things that our God is, in the, our God is moving. Our God is working in the midst of us. That There is a bigger plan that he is out working. And in this time, in this season, he goes, will you come be part of it? Will you help to love my people? Will you help to share this message with others? In the midst of it, will we remember that there is a gift that God has given to us? And in the midst of that, he speaks hope into our hearts. The land may look dry, but the storm is coming. He is coming, 
He is working. He is moving. He has a plan and he is outworking it. And he whispers to our hearts, go and tell others, share that which you have found. See, in church, I pray that we have hearts that long for more than where we are now, with eyes that are looking for a cloud, living aware and with a deep faith of the bigger picture of what God is doing and the part that he invites us to play in it. Team, do you want to come back up? So would you stand? And let's take a couple of moments in the midst of it to just stop and not think about all the things that are going to come this week, not think about all the things that have contended for our attention already this week, but just to seek heaven, to kind of lift our eyes and look to the horizon and say, God, what is it you're doing? God, what is the part that you're calling me to play in the midst of it? God, who can I share the gift that I've found without someone else? Who is it that I can love? Who is it that I can serve? Who is it that I can be courageous to share this with? But Lord, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Will you equip me to run the race that you have called me to? Will you equip me with the supernatural to know a sense of your hand, of your presence on my life, that that might be what I carry and allow me to carry it well? Father, we thank you for the incredible good news of Jesus. Father, we know that it radically, radically changes people's lives. Father, that for if we study every day, we will never, ever fully grasp. We won't be able to fathom the extent of what you did on that cross and the significance of an empty tomb. Lord, but we know that in the midst of it, Father, there is a message. Father, we know that you are calling us to carry that message. Father, to lives that are seeking, to lives that are searching. And Father, we just come before you again. And Father, we offer ourselves as hands and feet, as mouths, as bodies to be able to love those that are seeking and searching. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you will pour out your wisdom. Father, help us to be discerning. Help us to see where your hand is at work. Father, help our hearts to beat in time with your heart. Lord, that our prayers won't just be for what we are wanting this Christmas, but Father, our prayers will be a conversation asking the things that are on your heart this Christmas. Holy Spirit, will you just draw us back again into your presence? Father, may we in this space, Father, fall in love with Jesus again for the first time. Lord, that we might be able to look for the future with a hope and a confidence that you are working, that you are moving. Father, you are good and that you are faithful in the mighty name of Jesus.